Tell us a little bit about your name. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not typical, is it? Yeah, I I actually met um, somebody at U.S. Bank, a teller, who was in her 40s. His name was Destiny. I was like, oh my God, her name's Destiny, too. Um, my, my dad, my parents are, they're from Ohio. My dad went to Miami of Ohio mm-hmm. University and, um, he was in Delta Kappa Epsilon fraternity mm-hmm. and they had some kind of like song or pledge or something or other that they would, when they grew up, they would name one child D, one K, one E after the letters uh-huh. of the fraternity, right? So apparently the, the legend goes, the story goes that one of his fraternity brothers had a girlfriend named Destiny. So there was an original Destiny oh. from you know who was named Destiny sometime in the forties because wow. I was born in sixty four <laughs> and you know so I was named after her and after the D in Delta Kappa Epsilon. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, Destiny seems like an even in odder the, name in the forties. Like I yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> still still out of the sixties in Ohio because yeah. I mean nobody was named anything weird. Yeah, <laughs> in in Ohio, especially you know, like, like the yeah. kids I grew up with in Euclid were all named Susie and Ann and Karen and Linda and you know stuff like that. <laughs> Nobody had a weird name, so I, it was impossible for me to be a wallflower. Yeah. I know? always wanted a weird name. I mean, Kate. So it's no everyone's yeah, named no. Kate. I always like I always wanted a weird name, <laughs> but it makes you unique though. It makes me unique. And the Burns part, I married into that. That's my that's my uh, my married name. My main name was Morgan. So Destiny Morgan is weird, but not super weird. Mm. Destiny Burns is a stripper name. (laughs) Hey, this is April. And this is Kate. And you're listening to Cleveland Potholes. Our second episode, because we're legitimate. Woo! Woo! And our second episode is about wine. Yes, it is. And what we know about or don't know about wine. In my case, don't know about wine. Also in my case. <laughs> we visited CLE Urban Winery, um, and it was a lot of fun. It was. Cool yeah. layout. Yeah. There's DJ, uh, lots of women dancing. So Yeah, there was a, a, a women of a certain age that were digging the music and dancing nonstop. It was a cardio class. It was. We also were digging the music. I don't know if you guys saw our little video of me jamming out to Don't Stop Believing. Oh, yeah. You, you were <laughs> very excited about that song. It's one of my favorite songs. I was doing my favorite thing, which is chair dancing, which is just sitting on a chair and kind of grooving. I'm doing it right now. You guys can't see it. Can't see it. She's moving. <laughs> we're both moving. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Jen, our photographer, came with us. Um, it's set up kind of like a... Um, a What's it called? Microbrewery? Yes. Like we would see like in Ohio City, there's like windows and you can see the vats um, and all the stuff that they use to actually make the wine, um, which was interesting to us because that was our, our first question when we walked in there. We were like, how in the hell are you making wine or have a winery in the middle of Cleveland Heights? <laughs> Not an ideal like location, I would think, for a vineyard. And in fact, they don't have a vineyard. <laughs> They do not. <laughs> so when we came in and we talked to Destiny, who, by the way, was amazing, and we shout out to Destiny for taking the time to talk to us. It was awesome. Um, when we came in and we asked her that question, uh, this is what she had to say. Our Christmas Red, which we release in October when they release the Christmas Ale at Great Lakes. It's a cab sauve with um, cinnamon, clove, and sweet orange peel. It's like that a mulled spice. So it's the yeah. wine companion to all the Christmas beer that's here in Cleveland. <laughs> And it sold like crazy this year. And we used it for our bourbon barrel-aged um, red blend reserve, 
which is Cab, Syrah, and Merlot blend, and we put it in bourbon barrels from Tom's Foolery. And it's it's here, but it's yeah. not released yet. It's Jen's, no, no, no. Jen's actually Jen's going like, can to. I, can I get a taste right now? Can't buy it yet. Oh. We're, this is our third batch of that, and we're releasing it on uh, April thirteenth. Um, so we got it. Okay. Oh, so and it's in like a fun fancy bottle. Yeah, yeah so, so it's like in a bourbon-y cool bourbon-y yeah. bottle called CL Urban Wine. Nice. And then um, we used it as a varietal. So in order to get enough juice to make that much wine, we yeah. had to go to multiple sources to get it. So the the juice for this came from uh, Central Valley of California and Paso Robles. Okay. So oh, when we I made... Mean, I, I, I've weirdly been there. Yeah. So when we, made, there. when we made the wine, um, they had kind of different character because they had they came from different places. Mm-hmm. You know, the ground is different, the air is different, you know. So um, one was a little more, like, minerally, one was a little more smoky. This, you know, has this nice raisiny flavor, and it's a blend, really, of multiple wines, but it's all 100% cab. But it's got a lot of great layers and body to it just because it came from multiple places. That's so interesting. The juice did. So. How do you connect with those companies in California to sell and bring it here to make your wine? Well, my winemaker, Dave Mazzoni, um, met him. It was just a happenstance through a, an introduction to someone, but he lives right here in the Heights. Okay. And me, I grew up here in Euclid, and I joined the Navy to get out of Euclid. I was in the Navy for 20 years. Wow. Dave, he went to Napa Valley to get out of Chagrin Falls. So he did his um, certified wine professional education at the Culinary Institute of America in Napa and worked at Benessere and some other um, vineyards and wineries out there. So he learned his trade and he made a ton of contacts and all that kind of stuff. He came back to Ohio. He worked as assistant winemaker and brewmaster at Debenay for several years, and then he was head winemaker at Thorn Creek in Aurora for several years and then he went into wine distribution and that's when we met and I pulled him back into winemaking so he has a lot of great contacts so we we work directly with vineyards sometimes to get juice from them Mm -hmm. and we work through brokers as well so um, we had this year we worked with a broker to get um, what they call harvest you know contracts so when the grapes are harvested we get it like literally right they pick it they press it they put it in a tote and they send it to us um, and then we also get what they call bulk, bulk juice on the market. So after the harvest, they have extra because a lot of vineyards don't make wine. A lot of vineyards are farmers and they grow grapes and they sell it. They sell the grapes and they sell the juice. Okay. So we can buy that through a broker and then we, we get samples sent here. Okay, and then so we, we test the samples and we try and we see what we like. The wine painter does analysis on them, you know, make sure they got the right levels of sugar, the right levels of, you know, pH and that kind of stuff that'll make good wine. Because if you have good ingredients, mm-hmm. you make good wine. Okay. If you have bad ingredients, you, you bad can't wine? make a good wine. So you know? what happens when you do, like, wine at your house? Is that usually not good wine? <laughs> well, no. I mean, there are so many basement winemakers in yeah. this town. I mean... It, it amazes me. And there are places like Collinwood Grape and some other places like that where you can actually get you can get really good juice from them, and you can get it in small quantities. Mm-hmm. You can also get fruit from them. Um, so they do cater to those small winemakers, small clubs that, mm-hmm. that will make, you know, maybe 30 gallons or something. Last year we produced wine, produced finished wine over 7,000 gallons. Wow. Wow. So that's over 33,000 bottles. And then Destiny started talking about some of the hurdles that she had to face in opening up her business. And a lot of that had to do with financing and banks, which probably not super interesting to most of you, but to April and I, was very interesting. 
because we both work at banks and that's where we met. <laughs> and I remember I moved over to the corporate side and one of the first things I did, like one of those annoying employees, I brought a wallflower and plugged it in. Oh my in. God, yes. <laughs> right so- in front of Adam's, like right in front of my boss's like office. There's an outlet because I thought I was like gonna be cool and try to change the environment, and it smelled like flowers. And Kate comes down the hall, <laughs> and at first she's like, "What is that smell?" And then I immediately ran over and, and yanked out my air freshener because, as you learn as the newbie, don't try to like change the environment or the I atmosphere. Pre- I appreciated the effort, <laughs> but it was like wafting down the hallway and. I have, I'm very sensitive to smell. And it just gave me a headache. Does anyone else have that thing where, like, like I walk into Bath and Body Works and I immediately want to throw up because it's just like too much perfumey. Well, you probably hate my house then because when I clean, I always make sure <laughs> I have a wallflower in and like two of the rooms. I don't listen to your house, but that could also be because when I'm at your house, I'm usually drinking a lot of whiskey. Oops, yeah. <laughs> but she talked. But Dustin, you talked a lot about that. And a lot about, like, the SBA loan in particular. Yes. And what was needed in order to get that SBA loan, which comes with a lot of red tape and receipts and uh, dotting your I's and crossing your T's. Uh, (laughs) So, essentially, it's a long process. It takes longer than uh, your standard loan. And there was a little bit of a connection because she got her loan through Key Bank, which is actually where I work. So they were great, and and they understood what I was doing from the beginning, and I think that translation that I did was very helpful. Mm -hmm. So I worked with both the SBA guys and with the business banking guys, Mm -hmm. and um, also I worked with their merchant services, because I do all my merchant services through Key, and they helped me. I didn't know anything about setting up a point of sale system. They helped me with all of that. You know, so Key Bank has been a great partner so far. Um, Plus it's their local. Like, I love, that's one of the reasons that I love working, not to be, I'm like a Key Bank advertising thing, but like, (laughs) I love working there because they're so invested in the city, and they Mm want to see it thrive, and they're local, and it's just a yeah. They've been they've been inclusive, very, awesome bank. Very good partners, and you know they're the key for women thing that they do. Yep. And there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of good things uh, about them. So, you said so you never had experience in food service or restaurant at all. Do you Eating feel like your time in the Navy and that kind of leadership experience oh. helped in this whole process? Oh heck yeah! I mean, this is all about attention to detail, yeah. you know, and and following regulations and stuff like that. So, so, yeah, I mean, I think that both my, from that perspective, and then also the leadership opportunities and training I had, and then I was a, you know, business development executive in the private sector, too. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of business experience, practical and educational. I have a lot of leadership experience, practical and educational. So, mm-hmm. you know, I apply all of those things here every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a consultant with IBM, and I did strategic communications and marketing, and wow. you know, so I designed, I did all the branding myself, I oh, do wow. all the social media myself, you know, so I have that skill and that background. Yeah. You know, I I wrote strategic plans for, um, you know, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. I, I wrote strategic plans at Northrop Grumman. So mm-hmm. I am writing my own strategic plan for my business and taking it. It's a different spin. Mm-hmm. So I've really tried to um, reach out to resources that can help me take that those skills I do have and apply them as a small business owner because it's slightly different, mm-hmm. you know. It's right. slightly, you know, I don't know, slightly different. 
So um, I joined a group called EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. Mm -hmm. I'm part of their accelerator class. And EO is is entrepreneurs worldwide that um, their businesses um, bring in more than a million dollars a year. That's kind of like the baseline criteria to to be an EO. So Mm -hmm. they're very successful entrepreneurs. And there's a Cleveland chapter, which is one of the largest and most active chapters in the world. Mm-hmm. And they have a um, EO accelerator group who, those who are still below that but striving for that, um, it's a once a month we meet, there's mentoring, there's classroom type stuff once a quarter, it's, there's accountability groups where we get together and we talk about the business. So it's entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs to get over that, you know, into that million dollar, you know, kind of magical stratosphere. And I really love it. It's mm-hmm. been super helpful because when you're an entrepreneur and you have all this on your, on your yeah. shoulders all the yeah. time, it's different. And you can't really explain it to, like, to a banker, you know, yeah. or, or to your if you're the only owner you yeah. don't really have an outlet for right. expressing maybe frustrations or My when you're employees going don't even really understand like yeah. all the work that goes behind and started if you're an employee i mean it's sometimes scary to hear your boss be like i'm, I'm really scared about that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. <laughs> let them know about something I don't, I don't want them to ever see that yeah. um so yeah, so having that outlet where entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs, it's really great. Okay. Um, I also am a finalist in the 10,000 Small Businesses um, oh. through Goldman Sachs. It's a three-month oh, wow. curriculum to help you um, build a growth plan. I have a strategic plan and a growth plan, but I want to take it and through the course of this class, which is designed for small business owners. It's funded by Goldman Sachs. It's actually a scholarship-type program, mm-hmm. and it's run through Tri-C. And they bring in, I think they do three or four of these um, three-month classes a year. And they interview and select entrepreneurs here in Cleveland. And you come to Tri-C and you go to these classes over the course of three months. And at the end of it, you have a executable growth plan. And it's kind of, you work with your peers, you work with advisors and mentors. So I think that too will really help me um, own mm-hmm. what I know and what I want with the business and make it practical and actionable and, and all of that going forward. So I really have deliberately reached out and done my homework and engaged the resources that are available here. And I think to be a successful entrepreneur in this economy and this yeah. climate, mm. you have to. Right. Or else, you know, you're missing the boat. Right. I mean, you could probably do it, you know, all on your own, yeah, but, but why? 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 Yeah. If there's resources, why, why not utilize them? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like having that support and that interaction and that, just that, that sounding board. Right. You know? So what is your five-year plan then for the business? Since you're taking all these courses, you're, you're putting in the work, where do you see this business going? Well, I mean, I started with you know, just being the tasting room. So I got like three pillars of the business. So the first is it's good wine made fun. Mm-hmm. So I think in that perspective, you know, having a very successful tasting room here, this will always be the flagship. Um, maybe bringing in maybe some new wines, bringing in different interesting wines, stuff like that. Um, and with good quality ingredients that celebrate the city that have mm-hmm. this you know, and nice branding on them and just killing it on that. Something that I brought in after my startup plan was really to sell into the wholesale market here. 
So there's really not a lot of Ohio. If you go to a, a restaurant, mm-hmm. you don't really see, you see a lot of local craft beer on the restaurant True. But, uh, menu, but you don't necessarily see local wine. So you maybe wanna, see like a Ferrante. Yeah, yeah, you see Ferrante. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really want to. Yeah. I, wanna, I want you to see this more out yeah. in, in venues and in restaurants and in other things. So so killing it in the wholesale market in the Cleveland area and then branching out maybe beyond beyond that down into Columbus. And I, I never really want to distribute this CLE Urban Winery wine outside of Ohio. Okay. Um, because I, I, I think it has most of its charm being a local product and having a local tie, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it really is meant to be served and sold locally. Locally. Um, so, it makes you feel good, too. I, yeah. Whenever I have it's anything. City with, pride, yeah. right? It's right. city pride. So that's the, kind of the second tenet mm-hmm. of the business is to celebrate Cleveland. And it's not just the labels and the names of the wine, but it's also local art on the walls. It's the local musicians that we have in here all the mm-hmm. time. It's working with local businesses. We do pop-ups in here all the time. There's always that local connection that celebrates the city is a big part of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then the third part is drink wine and do good. So for me, this business is my retirement business. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I want... <laughs> it's a very busy retirement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of work. I'm only 53. Hopefully I have yeah. a lot of years left in this body. But... Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted it to be a platform for philanthropy in my personal life and in the community. So I really do treat this winery like a community space. And having like you guys in here is is part of that. Mm-hmm. And in what we do with local businesses and what we do with, with um, local nonprofits, we have three pretty big nonprofit relationships um, that I can highlight. One is with Graffiti Heart, and we've been working with them from the very start. Um, when they did this big mural for me that's right over the winery, I donated a scholarship to their programs because they send underprivileged high school kids to the Cleveland Institute of Art for summer programs mm-hmm. that have this raw talent and want to mm-hmm. see if they can parlay it into a college or a career. So I donated a scholarship so in exchange for this mural, and that's how we developed our relationship. So we've done two very successful fundraisers with them um, annual fundraisers with mm-hmm. them here in the winery and some mm-hmm. other kind of smaller things. But we've raised enough together for six more scholarships, which wow. is that's amazing. amazing. Mm-hmm. So bringing it back to the wine then, you said you wanted to make it accessible and fun. Mm-hmm. What are, so for like, like I drink Pinot Grigio and that's literally all I know. What are the ideas or like quick concepts or quick questions that people that are kind of new or intimidated by wine that you think that they should ask or know? Hmm. Okay. Um, well, the first part is you can't make a mistake. I mean, and, and wine is good because you like it. I mean, mm. it's <laughs> it shouldn't yeah. be anything other than that. I mean, that's the basic. Mm. If you like it, it's good wine. Yeah. You know, if you get barefoot in a box and you think it's the best thing ever, <laughs> then that's good wine. Yeah. You know, it's okay. Um, just because it costs 100 bucks doesn't mean it's better. But, yeah. You know what I mean? So you kind of take that off the table first, and that, mm. like, people just automatically are like... Ooh, okay, it's okay. It's okay to like Moscato. It's okay to like Barefoot. You know, yeah, it's okay. I feel better already because because I, I I feel like for beer drinkers they're like oh you just go in you try a beer it doesn't matter you like you don't like it and there's like no judgment but then yeah. like with wine, with wine there's so much there's judgment. there's so much judgment like. <laughs> Do I do I taste it? Do I swirl it? Yeah, do I have do to, I have to smell it? it? Like what parent? What food do I pair it with? Like what? It, like I feel like it's become this like bigger than what it needs to be. Exactly. So is that more your message? Where it doesn't need to be that doesn't big, and it's to okay to just 
go in and say, I'm going to try this. And I could like it and not like it like beer. I think if, if we put it in those terms, like as and really... And we do really try to market ourselves as a craft brewery style, style winery. We're trying to take the pretension out of it. We're trying to make it accessible. Yeah. We also are, we do a series of classes. Okay, and they haven't, they haven't okay. caught on as much as I thought or hoped they would. What day and of the week are those? It's, it varies. We're, okay. we're trying to do two a month. Okay. So sometimes they're on Saturday, sometimes they're on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We're trying to find that magical that spot. magical hour spot. But, Maybe um, the summer will they're help. Su- they're just mm-hmm. these classes are designed to be you know one hundred and one level fun, and we've got classes about wine tasting in particular. Like why do you swirl it around? And when people like they do that little slurping thing, you know why are they doing that? And you know when you're smelling it, what are you trying to smell? You mm-hmm. know like it smells yeah. like. You know, strawberries. So is there strawberries in here? <laughs> you know, it's all, it, there's no such thing as a stupid question. And then we also do a class about basic food pairing. You know, why do pairings work mm-hmm. and why do they not? You know, and there's some science to it and there's some art to it. But, you know, it's, it's just experimentation. Mm-hmm. Dave, my winemaker, always says that great wine is, is made in the vineyard. So if you can get good ingredients and you know what you're doing with it, mm-hmm. he just kind of stays out of its way. Mm-hmm. He, he makes great wine. Mm-hmm. Now with that methodology, so give it a chance, give it a try. <laughs> just like Cleveland, right? Yeah, yeah just, just like Cleveland. Cleveland. Just give like, it a chance. give it, it a chance. chance. And boy, did we give it a chance! <laughs> <laughs> we tasted a bunch of different wines there. My favorite, which is very weird for me, because I am typically like a white wine drinker, like a, a, a Pinot Grigio at all times. She let us try the Sea Town Cabernet Sauvignon, and I feel very fancy saying that. <laughs> Um, and I thought it was amazing, and it's a red, and I was like, oh, crap. Their Pinot was also very good. <laughs> April, what was your favorite wine? My favorite was actually the Syrah. Oh, yeah, you did try I, that. I did try that, and I tried the Rosé, so I had two tastings. Oh, all right. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I experimented a little, which is kind of Destiny's message throughout this whole process, that people are overthinking wine or think it's too pretentious, yeah. Or that you have to be fancy and swirl the wine around and know what you're doing. But it's essentially, it's just like a brewery. You go in, try some wines. You may like some, you may not. And have fun with it. And her overall message is drink wine and do good. I love that. Drink wine and do good. Right. We also did the uh, donuts for grown-ups. We have a picture of them on our website, um, com plug. Um they were amazing and also interactive. <laughs> yes. Because you got to, like, squeeze the little... What's that thing called? I don't know. I But we're both over here, like, doing the... the finger the pinch thing. thing. But we don't know what it's called. You, anyway. you squeeze that thing. Go look at the picture. Right. Into the donut. And then you eat the donut. And it's delicious. But you have to eat it in one bite. It's not a full donut, we should clarify. It's like a donut hole. Yeah, it's like a little munchkin. Munchkin. <laughs> yeah, a Dunkin' Donuts. Like those, oh, is that what they're called? Yeah, oh, okay. Dunkin' Anyway. Anyway, you have to pop the whole thing in your mouth, though, because otherwise it just leaks everywhere. Mm-hmm. So just tip, pro tip for grown-ups for donuts. Don- uh, donuts for grown-ups. Right, but if, you, if you're scared of that and you don't want to be adventurous as far as, like, the food, they also have wine slushies. So oh, yeah. this summer, when you're ready, if summer actually comes, because we all know that currently... We're still in winter, even though it's April. Um, but when it finally shows up, then you can have a wine slushy. And you know what my dad told me the other day? Because my dad lives right down the street. Not right down the street, but like in the Heights. Um, he Also an awesome musical. 
<laughs> Sorry, Lin Manuel Miranda. You ever heard of it? No. no. Okay. okay. Anyway, um, sorry. My no. dad told me you're not a musical nerd. I'm no, I'm not. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. But um, Hamilton plug right now. Tickets oh, go on sale. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, so excited. We're gonna try to go. Um, anyway, my dad told me that some of the local restaurants around there will deliver to CLE Urban Winery. So oh. you can like eat food because they have like snacks and stuff like hummus and other things, chips, yeah. chips and stuff, but nothing like real substantive. And, um, I guess uh, the restaurants are delivered to there so you can enjoy a meal with your wine. See, that's nice. Man, that's a good, good note. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but thanks for listening. Listening. We hope you enjoyed. Follow us at CLE underscore potholes on Instagram and Twitter. And remember, our website is clevelandpotholes.com. We have a bunch of pictures of our adventures there. Um, hey, and let us know. Like, comment on our Instagram photos if you want maybe, like, a written description. Like, more of, like, a blog thing to go along with the podcast. See if that's something that people would be interested in. Or leave us a comment on a location you think we should check out. Yeah, or your favorite wine. Tell us anything, really. Mm. We're open. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening and as always there's there's always always next year. year